Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew. I'm Andrew. And I'm Kelly. How are you, Kelly? How are you doing today? I'm good, you know, just hanging out. How are you? I'm good. I'm, I'm just, just chilling, gaming. Yeah. Well, I'm not gaming right now because it'd be really hard to do this podcast if I was actively gaming. Yeah, it might be a little bit difficult to balance those two things. Right. Like, I am at all times playing mobile games while we're recording this. I'm, I'm playing uh, Clash, uh, um, one of the Clashes at all times. Yep. Because you're not a real gamer if you're not playing games while you talk about them. That's true. Are you playing something right now? What are you playing? I'm playing Bejeweled on my phone. Okay. So we're both playing games right now instead of focusing on the <laughs> podcast? Yes. We are professionals. That's true. Um, speaking of professionals, 29 years ago, a big man, a 64-foot tall man who is blue, who has quills... Well, he attacked two people in New York City, injuring them. Wow. It was due to some strong winds. He decided that he wanted to to induce a disaster in New York City. Um, for those who don't know, Sonic the Hedgehog had a float in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And in 1993, there were some intense winds and he uh, he went down and he hit two people. And it hurt them a lot. Didn't kill anybody. Thank God. If Sonic the Hedgehog killed a person, a human being, that'd be a little scary. But he's back. After 30 years, they decided that it's been enough time. They're bringing him back with a new design and he will be in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Big honkin' balloon boy. Big honkin' blue balloon boy will be back. Do you watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade? No. Hmm. I used to when I was younger. Me too. But like the past two or three years, I haven't watched it. I don't have television, so. Yeah. Well, I'm usually at home and my parents are usually watching it, but the dog show's on right after. That's priority. So, but then that's the time. It was always on at the time that we would leave to go to family, like family Thanksgiving. So uh, I'd always catch, like, the first... And, you know, it's long. It's, like, two and a half hours. I'd always catch, like, the first hour, and then we'd have to leave. Right. But they had Pikachu in the parade, and Mario, I think. Yeah, and Goku. Well, at least they had Goku oh, last yeah. year. Yeah, they did. I wonder... Maybe they had Yoshi. Maybe not Mario. Maybe it was Yoshi. I can't remember. I just remember my mom asked, who's a Goku last year? And I was like, oh, well, goodness. It's a loaded question. It's like a it's like a cultural crossover I wasn't expecting. You know, Goku, <laughs> my mom. Right. Goku's in all of us. Right. That's it's like it's like a big it's like Smash Bros. Like, that's what the crossover felt like to me. Like hearing my mom say Goku was just as exciting as when they announced, you know, Sephiroth for Smash. Same right. feeling. Same exact feeling. So, I will say, let's let's establish right now, since we're talking about it, Kelly, so that you can claim to be brilliant if it comes true. Who do you, who do you predict will be the final Smash character announced tomorrow? As of time of recording tomorrow, as of time of listening, definitely has already happened because this podcast comes out one hour before they'll reveal the final character. Hmm. Who are you predicting? I think it will be Super Monkey Ball. Ooh. I think it'll be I.I., who's the main monkey in those games. I think it'll be him. I'm not familiar with those games enough to say, so you tell me, could they put all of them in as like an interchangeable character? Um. Or are they too different from one another? Well, if they stayed in their little balls, I think they could all be just like different skins, like I.I. and Mimi. I'm not sure about the baby. Well, yeah, because if they all stay in the balls, then the balls are all the same size. So, yeah, each skin could be a different monkey because there's like an ape as well. He's kind of a big one. I can't remember his name. And then there's baby. And then I.I. and Mimi, who's the lady monkey. And then I think there's a new one for this new monkey ball game that's coming out. But 
Yeah, Kiryu. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a new monkey, not a oh, new yeah, human. I guess so. <laughs> so. So, you know, that's my bet. That's all right. what I'm saying. I, I is your bet. Is that your hope as well or just your bet? Eh, you know, I, I'm not, I don't really, um, I think it'd be fun and cool and I think it would coincide with um, Banana Mania pretty well. But yeah. what do you think? Who do you think it's going to be? At this stage, it's really hard, but my hope is Sora. I think I've already said that, but my expectation, you know, I'm going to go with Crash. Oh, I feel like I'm floating between Crash and Rayman more than anybody. Mm. But I think Crash, I think it's his time. I think that's my prediction. But also, I think it's like almost impossible to predict. Yeah, I know it's it's becoming harder and harder because it used to be like, okay, Nintendo characters. And it was like, okay, Nintendo and Sega characters. And now it's like whoever, you know, Microsoft characters. Right. Master Chief. Ugh, I would like that a lot. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. So, but I feel like I don't know. I feel like his move set might be a little similar to Samus's. Yeah, they're both people in a big spacesuit. But yeah, we'll see. You know, as long as it's not a new Pokemon, Ugh. that would disappoint me. Yeah, who could even? So they have Greninja and they have Mewtwo and Lucario and Pokemon Trainer, which is three Pokemon. Yeah. And Incineroar and Pikachu oh, yeah. and Pichu and Jigglypuff. Jigglypuff. Yeah, they have too many of those things. I forgot about Incineroar. I did. Was didn't. he DLC or was he just. With no, me? he's new to this game. Oh, okay. I'll never forget Incineroar because I think he's just. He's just a very important guy. Yeah. You know? Well. I, I respect him. Do you? Is he no. perhaps a legend? Pikachu, Jigglypuff, Pichu, Mewtwo, Pokemon <laughs> Trainer, which includes Squirtle, Ivysaur, Charizard, Lucario, Greninja, and Incineroar. I was just, I needed to remember exactly. I think we got all of them, though. Yeah, definitely. You did. No, you got, like, the first I, seven. Well, I, and start, then I, I started the list, and then you finished it. Right, with the Pichu and Incineroar, which are very funny ones to <laughs> put together. Pichu. Yeah, I don't think we need a new Pokemon, but I think it's very, very possible that that will be the last representative. Yeah, it could be like um, like a Pokemon from Diamond and Pearl, like maybe Lopunny, or yeah. I don't know. Or it could be one from Sword and Shield, because we don't have one from that. Mm, I think it would more likely be someone from the fourth generation. Because right now I we have somebody like... from first... Second. Second. Third. We, no. Who's third? No, no third. No. But we do have a fourth, we have a fifth, fourth. and we have a sixth. So it could be like Blaziken or something too. Oh, they go back. That'd be cool. That would be, wow. I think Blaziken would actually be pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. But a little similar to Incineroar. Yeah, and also, I don't want another Pokemon. So this is a big hypothetical yeah, for something else. this is all elementary. So we'll know tomorrow. We'll know very yes. soon. At time of listening, if you're listening to this, more than 60 minutes after launch, you can just Google it. Yeah. I mean, we'll talk about it next week. So if you don't want to know, d don't look it up. Wait one week. Right. Speaking of Pokemon, um, there's a new Pokemon Legends arc. How do you say Arceus? Do you say Arceus or Arceus? I, I'm going to be honest. I say it different every time. So <laughs> I think today I'm feeling Arceus. I usually call it Arceus, but well, I'll it, go your call way. Call it what you want. Arceus. Arceus. <laughs> now that doesn't now that doesn't sound right. I feel like I've said it too much. Yeah. Um. Anyway, a new trailer released, um, and it was showing off some new characters and some mechanics, um, kind of expanding on the whole just approaching wild Pokemon thing. So, what did you think about this trailer, Andrew? Ninety percent of it didn't really like flinch at i'm still probably gonna play it and it does look more polished as they show it more but there's one part where you're riding on the back of the basque legion the big fish and you jump out of the water on the fish and then aim slowing time kind of like breath of the wild and then throw a pokeball at a octillery on a rock and i really liked that part yeah it's it's really 
I'm excited. Like the more that I see, the more excited I get. I like the um, Stantler, like Hisui Stantler, mm-hmm. with its like it's got like the big white fur and a floof. Yeah, it's pretty floofy. I always liked Stantler, but I always kind of felt like uh, I don't know, didn't have a lot of utility. Kind of like you like giraffe or rig. Do you like this new Pokemon, Cleavor? Um, let me look at him. I are the wardens supposed to be like uh, gym leaders? I don't know. I mean, they're like uh, descendants of, well, not descendants. I guess uh, predecessors ancestors. of, yeah, ancestors of a lot of characters from Diamond and Pearl, which I thought was cool. Oh yeah, I um, see Mars. But Mars. I don't really know. Yeah, not Mars. <laughs> I'm gonna get it. I'm way more excited for this than the remakes, but... And I thought the new Pokemon looked... Um... Visually, I was a little bored by him, but, like, the battle against him was really interesting because, like, he just comes up and whacks you. Like, you. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's sick. Beat me up. Like, yeah. don't don't focus on my little Oshawott. I'm, I'm gonna be buying both, but I think this one is going to be... I'm a little more excited for... This one, just because it's sort of like a new thing versus yeah. a remake. but Yeah, I'm with you on that. Oh, you can take pictures. <laughs> Sorry, I'm watching the trailer right now. Hey, that's what the show's for. It's very, like, I don't want to say cute, but I like that they do have the, like, customization options that have been there since, like, 5, like, Gen 5, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, here's the new guy. Mm. Kind of, I mean, he's like kind of boring. <laughs> he cleaves, Bug rock. though. He cleaves, though. Yeah. Bug rock. Who else is bug rock? Me. Isn't um, the one with the horn, Paracross, isn't he bug rock? Probably. Or maybe he's bug ground. I always get rock and ground confused. Yeah, I don't know the difference between those two things realistically. Ground is <laughs> immune to electricity. I think rock can be hit by electricity. Okay. But I might be wrong. I don't know. I, you know, I, the, I'm really good at the whole fire, water, grass. The, th- the three basics. And-, and flying bug. But every other matchup, I have to consult Bulbapedia. So. Yeah. Um, hey, Kelly. Yes. Do you want to get in a plane and uh, fly on over to Japan with me? I do. Yeah, I'm sure it will be um, inexpensive. Oh, yes. Like cheap. Well, you know, this this podcast brings in such an enormous quantity of, of cash flow <laughs> that we don't even have to think about it. Right. Um, well, we can do that in 2024. Oh. Well, we could do it today, but we'll wait yeah. till 2024 because Super Nintendo waiting? World has announced that it's adding a Donkey Kong Land nearly doubling the size of its park and it will open in 2024 will seth rogan be there uh yeah no i think he's there every single day (laughs) wow that's him so i was surprised that because it always kind of felt like the super mario world or the super nintendo world that they like that they did open was super mario focused as in like very mario focused not focused on super mario um and I was kind of hoping that whatever the next expansion would be would be something like really different and interesting. So I was a little, I'm mixed on the fact that it's Donkey Kong, but the fact that it's basically doubling the size of the park, I think is super cool. And I'm happy that that's happening. Yeah, that that's pretty cool. I, I kind of like my sentiments kind of mirror yours. Like I would have liked maybe like a Zelda world or something like that. Yeah. That would have been cool. Not that, you know, not that I'm ever going to go. Well, it's coming. It'll come to America eventually. So, like, I feel like whatever happens in Tokyo will probably happen here afterwards. Yeah, but... I just kind of wanted a Super Nintendo world, as in, like, every attraction is something else. Like, there's a Zelda ride and a Star Fox ride and, like, a Pikmin cafe and stuff. Like, that would be... I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, that would be cool. But I think Donkey Kong um, really uh, gives itself... To a lot of like ride ideas, like oh, down yeah. the rapids and <gasps> swinging from vines and stuff. Oh, the minecart ride would be so cool. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay. So I kind of can see why they did it. I feel like it's an easy, it's easy for the ride designers. Yeah, and it's just jungle themed essentially, and like that's not a difficult like that's been done before, so it's not like some crazy new precedent has yeah. to be established. Yeah, that's true. You know what else is true? What is true? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I guess maybe so not. It depend what else is true. what's false. <laughs> yeah, what's false? <laughs> I had a fifty-fifty shot there, and I missed it. Um, so Bloomberg is re- had reported that um, a couple different developers had gotten a four K Switch developer kits, like, um, like in four K. I know I said four K, but I. That's the emphasis of the story, I think. And then Nintendo was like, no, no, no. That's not true. They're lying. They're totally lying. They're totally and completely lying. Which to me kind of seemed like damage control, but also Bloomberg, it's kind of like, are you guys sure? Like, you guys have been wrong in the past. They've been wrong several times about Switches in the past year. Yeah, they they need to help out their, like, technology reporter help them get some better sources. I feel like they poured fuel all over a building and they were like, hey guys, this building is going to be a big a big bellowing fire soon. And that was referencing like the fact that they were going to release a 4K Switch and they kept releasing details and talking about it over and over and over and over. And then Nintendo like lit a match and held it in the air and Bloomberg pointed and be like, see, we told you. And it's like, no, that's not what you said. That's right. not what you've been saying. Right. I I mean I don't really need a 4K switch. I think it'd be nice, but at this point, I think we should focus like Nintendo should put more focus on game development, which I, based on the look of 2022, they are. Right. And I think Bloomberg should maybe stop. <laughs> well, it's also like who knows with all those games coming out next year, could get a 4K switch somewhere along the line, maybe yeah, later in the year. But it's just one of those things that. Sometimes this like speculative reporting is, it, well, not sometimes, uh, oftentimes, the speculative reporting is like more damaging to the publication's reputation more than anything else. I think Nintendo took a pretty big hit too when they announced the OLED model, and I think it was because a lot of like investors and stuff expected that 4K model. So that's probably why now Nintendo's like moments after they post this article, Nintendo's like wrong. Right. No. Right. It's happening. They gotta cover their buns. They gotta cover their buns. Their buns. Yes. Last week on this episode, on our show, we talked about Monster Hunter Rise. We talked about the new expansion. And I said, it's a little weird that they didn't announce a PC port yet. <laughs> I feel like that was prime time. Really weird that they didn't announce that. Anyway, they had the Tokyo Game Show, and uh, they announced that the PC version of Monster Hunter Rise is coming January 12th. Woo! They heard me, and they were like, oh, we forgot. <laughs> they were like, oh, thank God we have Andrew, otherwise we would have forgotten. <laughs> we just never would have released it on PC. <laughs> Um, I think this is really cool. I think that game will probably flourish with a, another new audience. And also, like, mod modding is cool, and I think people will do a lot of interesting things with that game. Yeah. I agree. I, I think it's... And also, if you look at the game on Switch, it, it's it's a, it, it's really beautiful. And I really think that it pushes the Switch maybe to its limits. Um, so maybe being able to see it with like super high perfor- on a super high-performance PC would be cool. Oh, yeah maybe unlock some like deeper potential especially like you said with like mods and stuff so yeah well, i mean we'll know we'll know soon how how good the community is with working on this game i'm sure it'll be incredible you know yeah i feel like every monster hunter game has had well if you go to the if you go to nexus mods monster hunter world is one of the top modded games. So I'm sure that community transfers over to a new game. Oh, yeah. yeah. When the time comes. I was a little surprised it was only PC. thought it would have made a lot of sense to put it on everything, but I don't know, maybe there's some Nintendo licensing things that they're only allowed to put it on PC. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? 
I mean, we'll see. We will also see the Game Awards live in person on December 9th, 2021. We will? Me and you will see it live in person? Yep. We're going to... Vegas, baby. Vegas. Is it in Vegas? I don't actually know. Because <laughs> I, I almost said Vegas, but I just assumed because sometimes that a lot of those things happen in Vegas. Anyway, Jeff Keeley was like, yep, we're doing it in person December 9th. Jeff. Jeff. We'll see you there. In L.A., not in Vegas. LA. Oh, it's in Los Angeles. Okay. That, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know why I, I thought like it was in Vegas. In yeah. It's always yeah. in the Microsoft Theater, but my brain Las told Vegas. me that was in Vegas. Vegas, L.A., they're two sides of the same coin. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty happy about this because I mean the game awards are inevitable. They're gonna be bad. Like <laughs> it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It's just it'll be an, fun. It's a hard show to watch. It's like very cringeworthy and and ridiculous usually. But yeah. the fact that it's in person, I think, means it's gonna be a little bit more cringeworthy. Because there's more like live mess ups, and I think that makes it more fun to watch at least. So I'm happy about that part. We should do a live Game Awards show and then put it in the podcast. Oh, like a reaction? Yeah. Like, that's not a bad idea. Just saying. We got to work out those details. We got two months. I'm oh, free. God. December's two months <laughs> away. That's really soon. I know. Ugh. I'm excited for the Game Awards because I feel like. The Game Awards, to me, I don't really care as much about the awards. I I like Game of the Year, but, you know, sometimes I don't. But I'm more excited about announcements, because stuff gets announced at the Game Awards, like, all the time. So, you know, just saying, yay. If you're feeling like you want to be nice to me, maybe, you know, a little Dragon Age. (laughs) Dragon Age Day is December 4th. Might I just say this? Merely five days. That'd be a good thing to do, though. Release like a tiny well, little teaser on that day and, and everybody, like, tune in the Game Awards. Exactly. And everybody always, Dragon Age Week is the week of the 4th. And I'm saying it's going to be the same week as the Game Awards. So. Coincidence? It would be great. Mark. It would be a great marketing opportunity. Just saying coincidence yes no. oh. oh yes <laughs> well no, the uh, game awards are always december 9th ish right and dragon age week is always december 4th ish right right but 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 we did see the the initial dragon age 4 teaser at the game awards 2018 so well then this is perfect time three years after years later let's call jeff do you have his number still yeah i'll i'll be right back i'm gonna go call did did he not answer that you're back already yeah he um i got sent a voicemail but that's weird i know usually he picks up like on the first ring yeah he always makes time for me that's really (laughs) 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 sorry that was a good bit. Mm, okay. I'll take your word for it. Thanks. <laughs> Konami is reportedly working on bringing back Metal Gear, Castlevania, and Silent Hill with new games, as well as a complete Metal Gear Solid 3 remake. They are also holding a competition for indie developers to make a new Castlevania game. And the winner of this competition will receive some funding to both put more money into development and to publish the game. So uh, it really feels like if that report is true, and also this that second story is just definitively true. Like that's what that is happening right now in Japan. Um, but if that if that first report comes true, like Konami really might be trying to put themselves back on the the map for video games. Which I, so I I don't like it. <laughs> it's it's a happy story in the sense that like these are great IPs and they shouldn't be left dormant. But like, oh, I'd be so much happier if other developers 
bought the IPs and made games. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Silent Hill should not belong to Konami. Um, just because, you know, I think other people have done it better. Just saying. And I think we all know what I'm talking about. But, I don't know. I just don't have a lot of faith in them as a company, so I feel like this, to me, does not sound like the best news. No. Um, the Metal Gear Solid 3 remake isn't, you know, that's that's Snake Eater, right? That's the yeah. third game? Yeah. That's, like, that's cool. But it's but also like, still Konami making it. Right, and also, like, a new Metal Gear Solid game by Konami without... Kojima. They did that once. Metal Gear Survive. Yeah. It was and, really you know, bad. Didn't work out great for them. So I don't really know the game plan here. I don't really understand the reasoning. I'm... I mean, I guess, money. But Yeah. I guess I'm optimistic. I really wish, like, Sony and Microsoft and maybe some other companies swept in and they were like, hey, we're buying these, co- like, these franchises, like... You know, Sony's like, oh, we bought Metal Gear, and and then Microsoft comes in, oh, we bought Castlevania, and then Konami's like, yeah, we sold these things, we kept the pachinko rights, but everything else we gave away. I think that would have been really cool. Yeah. Because then, you know, Kojima Productions could actually make a new Metal Gear game, or if he doesn't want to do that, they could have given it to, you know, I don't know, maybe Blue Point, somebody like that. Yeah. Yeah. Not great. Yeah. Speaking of Blue Point and acquisitions, <laughs> PlayStation bought or acquired Blue Point games. Um, and Blue Point was like, hey, we're working on a game. And everybody's like, oh, is it a remake? Because, you know, they did the Demon Souls remaster or remake, I should say. And they did, uh, what's the other one? They did? Shadow of the Colossus. Shadow of the Colossus. I believe they've only ever done remakes at this stage. Right. So everybody's like, oh, are you making a remake? And they're like, no. <laughs> We're making a new game. Original content. Quote. So, you know. But then they're like, well, we can't really talk about it. But we're making original content. So I'm excited. I yeah. I think they are so talented and have proven that they know how to make games. Because like, even if it was a remake... The Demon Souls remake was like incredibly impressive. Yes. And a lot of that stuff is ground up remakes. Like they have to redo everything. So they know how to make games. And the Shadow of the Colossus remake, same thing. Very impressive. Very amazing. And also this, just to be clear, it's not even saying that they're making a new IP, just a new game. So there's a possibility that PlayStation is giving them a dormant franchise to make a new game in, which could be very cool as well. Because I think that's a little more, for a lot of franchises, that'd be more interesting than a remake, is to make a new game, you know? Yes. What if you gave them, like, Jack and Daxter or Sly Cooper or something, you know? Oh, my gosh. Don't talk about Sly Cooper in front of me. (laughs) I think they're really into, like, the the graphical powerhouse kind of games, so I think that's not the most likely. But those are, like, the two that popped right in my head for, like, dormant franchises that they could bring back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also, it's just funny because how long ago was it that we talked about this initially? Because they accidentally like posted a picture of Blue Point. And they were like, "Welcome to the family," and then they deleted <laughs> it immediately. That was maybe like three or four weeks ago. Okay. It was and not then, that long ago. I just assumed that story would come like full circle, like a couple days later when they were like, "Sorry," but it took like a long time. Yeah. It's funny. I'm excited by this acquisition. I don't think it's like a combination of like, it's bad when things are monopolized, but also like blue point is very talented. And I think, you know, when the other monopolization option is to get bought by like 10 cent who will turn you into like a money grabbing company. I think that this is the better option. At least PlayStation will encourage some creative endeavors and not just money grabbing. Yeah. I also feel excited. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing 
where this goes. Hopefully kind of soon. I mean, not like real yeah. soon because Demon Souls was less about to be a year ago. I feel like the way that he was, the way that the studio head was talking was kind of like, mm, just like, started. Yeah, they like just started. But who knows? Maybe they're being, they're obs- obfuscating the truth and they're like almost done with something. That would be actually very incredible. Yeah, that'd be crazy. Um, we've, I'm sorry, can I hear that again? And then, and then context for what that is and why that is? Sometimes I feel like I don't pronounce my words all the way because I get really lazy. And <laughs> I just need to do some vocal exercises. Right. My vocal cords in my mouth. Okay. Yeah. So I I really like when you do them into the microphone you too. Can, you can cut you can cut it out. No. I, no, no, no. <laughs> no, the audience needs to know. I just how imp- I, how impressive your vocal exercises are. Thank you. Well, I just I don't know. Something came over me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was strange, but was I it? felt like I was in paradise. <laughs> <laughs> what? I know what story you're referencing, but like, did that really make you feel like you're in paradise? No. Okay. That'd no. be quite the paradise if your paradise was just going like. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for that. That truly beautiful lead in. You're welcome. Stranger of Paradise, Final Fairy. <laughs> Let me try this again. Maybe I think you should I'd... do some vocal exercises. Yeah, apparently. Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origins. <laughs> I got it that time and I'm not going to say it again. Got a new trailer as well as a March 18th release date. Um, in this trailer, they showed off a new area. They showed off some some improved versions of what was in their reveal trailer. And then they announced that they were releasing a new demo immediately. This is on PlayStation 5 and Series X this time, not just PlayStation 5. It'll be available for a couple of weeks. So if you're interested, limited window. Uh, I went ahead and played this demo because I played the original demo around E3 and had a lot of thoughts. And I figured I should play it again, see if they uh, improved it or anything. It starts with the same area from the first demo, exactly as it was, and then it has a second area that's all new stuff. The first area is quite improved. The biggest issue I found was, like, the lighting in the original demo. Everything was super dark, and if, like, an enemy was standing in a dark area, I couldn't see them. And not because they were, like, intentionally covering them. It was just, like, poorly lit. And they fixed that a lot. Um, they have some new story content, and it was it was really really bad like in- incredibly bad oh. um and then the new area was okay i think this game will have a very specific audience it is a playstation 3 game essentially made in 2021 <laughs> so if you're really missing that like 2006 edge on your games it's back baby it's back, baby. They dug it out of the trash and stuck it back on a 2021 release. Oh, 2022 release. Uh, it's it's it was okay. Did you just watch a cactuar get killed? I had seen it before. Yeah, but seeing it again was very jarring. I do like that. Because I because I saw it in GIF form. Yeah, and I, now it's <laughs> high quality. I do like that I Kelly just had the trailer running while I was giving my thoughts, and then I just saw her gasp, and I, I knew what she had just seen. <laughs> it looks like a lot. The trailer looks better than the game, which is a little disappointing. It's a very well-cut-together trailer, I found. But, like, the story content is, is rough, and a lot of it's pretty generic-looking. The combat yeah. is, is probably... If you liked Neo you will probably like this game because it feels like that combat style. Hmm. Which makes sense since they made it. Yeah. I feel like um, it just, you're right, it's very generic looking. Like, I don't know if it's just, I don't know. Something about, like, newer Final Fantasy content. Sometimes it just looks a little bit like old Final Fantasy content. 
Like, and I know it's hard because there's been, like, a bajillion games with different characters. So sometimes characters look the same, but it's, like, sometimes it's, like, can we, like, do something else? Can we, like, remix it a little bit? Well, I Did, feel like, like that's kind of what... Oh, but he Pirate Guy. Me... Yeah, but he reminded me of the guy from Final Fantasy fifteen. I feel like sixteen looks like it's trying to, like, ironically refresh itself by moving back to a medieval time period. Yes. But this game feels like it's almost playing off of that, the tropiness and stuff. This game to me looks like it's, it's, it looks like if Final Fantasy Teen was like maybe a generation or two back. Which is ironic because like it's, it's new. It's on PlayStation yeah. 5. Yeah. Also, I don't want to get too deep into it, but like there's some weird lore implications here because like the music and I, I heard this and then I, I looked it up and I got my opinion validated. The music in the second area was just like it was a Final Fantasy 13 song. And I was like, that's really am I hearing this right? Because like I, you know, I have many thoughts on Final Fantasy 13, but I hold the music pretty fondly. You know what? Yeah. And it did talk a lot about crystals. That was like Final Fantasy 13's like big thing was crystals. And it was talking about the point where the timeline split, which is something that happens in both Final Fantasy XIII 2 and Lightning Returns, which are both Final Fantasy XIII direct sequels. Yeah. And also in this trailer, the, the lab area at the end, it looked very Final Fantasy VII. Hmm. And I'm wondering if like, they're trying to cross over, maybe? Which, like, this is an interesting concept, but I think if that's what they were doing, they would be, like, pretty on the nose about it. Yeah. So, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about the fact that they're, like, only half committing to that weird crossoverness. I mean, at least I did like that song. It was really nice to hear that Final Fantasy thirteen song, because, like, yeah. I feel like I the very... music's the best part. Yeah, I, I have very fond memories of Final Fantasy thirteen, but... I might be the only one. I have fond memories. I don't ever want to return to the game, but I have fond memories. I'll let them remain as such. Yes. Ali Ali Oxen Free. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know we started a game of hide and seek. <laughs> um speaking of Oxen Free. Yeah, you can't I don't I think up. you get to toss yourself to a transition like that though. <laughs> I have to keep things fresh, okay? Um, Night School Studio, who developed the game Oxenfree, which was like a, um, not a little indie game. It was a pretty big indie game um, where you go to an island and it's like you explore and it's a little bit spooky, but it's more about like mystery, um, was acquired by Netflix. Netflix. Hmm. Who... If I remember correctly, they are trying to get into the gaming space, right? I mean, yeah, we've talked about it a couple times because, like, they talked about it and then they, they talked about the fact that they're going to add games to their service. And yes. then, but, 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 this doesn't feel like the natural extension of that to me. No. Unless they're going to start acquiring, like, mid-tier indie developers like this to make cheap mobile games which i think is very possible so they said uh, they did confirm they're like this does not affect the development of oxen free 2 which is out soon but they didn't really say about they just like oh we're excited for the future and it's like well it just sounds kind of like corporate stuff yeah like M our maybe... corporate overlords bought us and now we're happy <laughs> yeah maybe um Maybe they want to make an oxen-free show. Yeah, but they probably could have afforded to just buy the rights. I don't... So yeah, they have they to have some intent, right? Studio. Yeah. Uh, Who knows? I don't know. I don't know what the heck is going on. I'm weary. I don't exactly want Netflix in the gaming space. I think that the forays they've had in the past were pretty um, bad. 
I thought Bandersnatch was good if you've never played games, but if you've played games, you're like, wow, these these narrative choices are pathetically underdeveloped. You know? <laughs> Which kind of cereal would you like? Yeah, it's like, well, what is this, Heavy Rain, but only the first 10 minutes of Heavy Rain for two hours? There's a Man vs. Wild one, too. I don't know if you... I haven't played that one. Is it fun? <laughs> did, did you enjoy it? Um, I liked it better than Bandersnatch. I liked the Kimmy Schmidt one. Oh, I didn't, I didn't do that one. I got oh, to yeah. shoot John Hamm with a rocket launcher, I think it was. Oh, my God. That's kind of the dream. I yeah. mean, I get it. I watch Mad <laughs> Men, so I have a lot of pent-up rage towards John Hamm, but maybe it's not John Hamm. Maybe it's Don Draper. Anyway. And then also, I've never seen Mad Men now, so I'm just I'll let you have that one. Thanks. You're welcome. I'll do a Mad Men review. Okay. <laughs> That'll be an interesting one. Um, also, they did... Do you remember Minecraft Story Mode, the Telltale game? Yeah, yeah. That's on Netflix. You can play that game on Netflix, but like now it's it's like reduced to like the menu selection of the other games. Which is what I thought they were... When they said, like, oh, we're breaking into games, I kind of thought they might go that direction, but now they're like buying a pretty esteemed narrative indie developer. It's, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. This one's hard to know. I, I think it's really just going to have to play out and we'll see what they do next. Yeah. And hopefully it's just a regular game for multiple platforms and they figure out a way to also release it. Like, like I feel like Oxenfree and Night and um, what's their other game? Midnight. Uh, mid, no, not Midnight. Um, she took the midnight train going anywhere. My cat didn't like that. I woke her up. I'm sorry. After She's... party. Oh. Am I going to leave that whole gap of me searching for that? <laughs> At least some of it, that's for sure. That song needs to be in the episode, so. Well, let's not. Let's it's, not too, it's too late. It's already in the recording. <laughs> I don't know how to cut it out. I can't take it back. <laughs> I don't know how to edit, actually, so it's stuck. Nope. So, anyway, we'll just have to see how this plays out. I feel like they could definitely adapt some of those games to mobile. And if that's what their goal is, to literally just have you be able to, like, stream mobile games to your phone from Netflix, then that's okay. Night School Studio doesn't make the most complex games. They could definitely work on mobile if they had the Netflix money to make it happen. So, yeah. I don't think this is inherently bad. I'm just weary of this kind of corporate purchasing of like small development studios that make very artistically driven games like this. Yeah. Especially when it's like not even a video game developer. Yeah. Like if I heard Sony bought it, I'd be like, that's weird, but like they're going to let them keep making games. So who cares? But Netflix buying them. I'm like, okay, what are you doing with that? Yeah. So, so. <gasps> <Whoa>. oh <my> <laughs> God. um, Andrew, I have a question for you. Yeah. What's your question? What did you play this week? I played week? a little game called Death Loop. Death Poop? This that was the best way to start. Thanks. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Death Loop? Yeah, I played Death Fruit Loop. Loop? Sorry. <laughs> Death Loop. Sorry. I feel like I'm in a loop right now. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Death Loop is the newest game from Arcane. A, de a developer under Bethesda. So technically, this is a Microsoft-published game exclusive for PlayStation 5 and PC. Uh, I played through it. I'm going to review it. This is a big deal. This is, this is one of the most up-to-date reviews we've done, and it's a very exciting stuff. Um, for those who don't know, quick run-through of what Deathloop is. It is a game where you play as a man named Colt, who is stuck in a one-day loop where every time the day ends or he dies, he goes back to the morning of that day, and his goal is to figure out how to break the loop. You will hear that phrase a lot if you play the game. Um, so just getting through my quit, my thoughts real quick here. I thought that this game had really nice audio design. A lot of the sounds were really like nice and snappy. They actually used the controller speaker on the PS5 controller really nicely. 
Um, I've heard other games use the controller speaker, but this one feels really good. So audio logs will play through that speaker, which is very nice because, you know, if you're still playing the game, you don't want every bit of audio just overtaken by that audio log. So it's nice to have it come from different sources. Uh, and then certain like in-universe sounds, like if you land heavily or if you're like reloading your gun, you'll hear that click through your controller, which is nice. And then phone calls with uh, Juliana, who's one of the main characters, will be through the phone. So you'll hear Colt, your character, talk on the television, and then Juliana will respond through the controller as though it was your phone. Uh, the music's really nice. It has like a jazzy feel, a very 60s jazz feel, and it's very fitting Every scene that has music, it feels very intentional and very, uh, it just contributes to the scene nicely. In combat, there's really intense and fast music. And then in menus and stuff, as well as some slow moments, there's moody and, mo what was that word? Moody. <laughs> <laughs> there's moody in, uh, music to really add to the feel. Um, I will say that the music, especially the menu music, can get a bit old because you're in menus quite a bit and it's not the most... It's not the best song in the world, and you hear it a lot through your playthrough. Um, the biggest problem with the audio is that there's some pretty serious syncing issues. And I guess from what I've seen on the internet, I actually had it pretty easy. And there's a lot worse issues for some people. But uh, f the biggest thing for me was like phone calls would be out of sync. So like Colt would say something, and then there'd be like a very brief pause, and then Juliana would respond, and then Colt would start talking before she was done. And then by the end, there were times where they would just be completely talking over each other and then certain sounds wouldn't play so like i'd reload a gun and they would just be silent or i'd fire a gun and it would just be silent which is bad because you really need to know <laughs> when you're making sounds um and, and like that's not a bad thing it's not a game ruiner but it, it was the most overt problem with the game because it wasn't a very buggy game with everything but the audio the audio definitely gave me some problems um, but I really like the visual style as well. They went for a very 60s aesthetic, and it's consistent throughout. It is a pretty standard-looking shooter in a lot of ways, so that helps it be more unique in a pool full of standard shooters. Its cutscenes that tell the story are in like a black, white, and orange animated style. It kind of feels like a James Bond opening. Definitely what they're going for. It's not a coincidence. I do wish there were more because there's not that many cutscenes like that and they're very brief when they happen. Um, and then all of the guns and power-ups have really nice uh, effects that demonstrate what you're doing pretty well. And especially you have a dash power. I just really like how it looks and it has this little purple circle that tells you where you're going to land. But it feels very diegetic. It doesn't feel like out of place uh, UI. It feels natural. Like that's that's what your character actually would be seeing. Uh, I would say the story is where this game falls flat the most. It's mostly in the background, which isn't inherently bad. So you get a lot of like the world building for the island where it takes place in audio logs and through like these notes that you can read. It feels, I mean, it's arcane, so it, it makes sense because if you've played like the games before they switched to arcane, like Bioshock, or if you played Dishonored and stuff, a lot of this stuff lines up with their narrative choices in the past but i think that there was a lot more forefront story that could have happened um the primary goal of the game is hunting down these eight visionaries as they're called and you have to defeat them in order to break the loop that's what you're told and i i think this is where i was most disappointed in the game because like they were all interesting on the surface and they sounded really cool and they all have their own like gimmicks like the one is really into video games so like it's like asteroids themed almost space invaders themed i guess is what they actually call it and then there's one that's like a religious zealot and i really wanted to know a lot more about them and like you can read about them in some like notes and stuff but like i wanted to see stuff you know i wanted to experience what they were doing and i don't really which was a huge disappointment i feel like they could have made the game a little longer with more story content it really could have elevated this game a lot um, and like the main story has some interesting developments and twists, but they didn't grasp me a whole lot. And the ending especially really left me kind of empty. Like I was like, okay, I guess the game's over because the credits rolled. It wasn't like I was like, oh, wow, what a, what an excellent end to this narrative. Um, but the reason I kept playing the game was because the gameplay really is where this game truly shines. Uh, 
They have a use of, they have powers that you can use with your left hand, very similar to the plasmids from Bioshock, as I said, as well as a lot of the powers from Dishonored. Um, and that in tandem with the shooting mechanics keep the pace really high. The moment to moment gameplay feels really satisfying. Um, one thing that this game does exceptionally well is the stealth, because even the stealth maintains that fast pace, which is something which is something I think is pretty rare in stealth games. You know, there's a lot of them that slow the pace down so much that you don't want to do stealth. But in this game, you're still moving quickly. You make fast decisions. It doesn't feel like the slower option. It just feels like a different option than head-on combat. That um, makes sense just because of how Dishonored was. It, I mean, that game is kind of about being stealthy, but you can sort of choose different ways to do it. So, mm-hmm. And this definitely feels like they a development of that. So they've left. They've definitely learned from their past. It's very evident. Um, it feels very good in this game to learn the map because, like I said, you're on an island the whole game, and there's four different zones you can explore, and that's it. There's only four zones. Um, so it's very nice to learn every turn and stuff. It's not. A, it's not so big that you can't learn it. Uh, and head-on combat feels good. I just said stealth felt good, but head-on combat also feels good, even though it is a substantially more challenging option. Um, the game itself isn't hard, though. It has this mechanic called reprise, so you have two uses of it per loop, which means if you get killed, you just go back a little bit, like get sent back to where you just were and you are out of the combat encounter. And if you get killed three times then you're out, you know, you die, you have to start over and you lose whatever progress you had made. But the reprise, there was only like a couple instances where I used both of my reprises. It definitely makes it so that you have a lot of forgiveness here. Um, And the story is told in like a nonlinear fashion. So they give you a bunch of different story missions, which all have like branching paths, but you pick which one you want to do and you can like organize it so that you can do multiple in a day or multiple even in one time period if they happen in the same location so it, it really felt good to choose what i wanted to do um and then the weapon upgrading system is it's it's unique for this game because it's not a roguelike it's not like everything resets at the beginning of every day you actually can infuse as it's called in the game your weapons with residuum which is just like an in-game currency and when you infuse those weapons and powers, you get to keep them. So at the beginning of every day, those weapons and powers that you've infused will be selectable. So it's it's fun to do that at the beginning of the game. The only issue is that it stops being rewarding pretty early because you'll find weapons you like, and then you'll infuse them, and then that's probably all you'll do. <laughs> so like the only reason I kept infusing things is because like I had the I had the currency. And I had things that weren't infused yet. So it just like felt like a completionist thing to do where it's like, well, I might as well, even though I used. Once I found the things I liked, I changed very little about my loadout because I, I just had like a balanced loadout of like stealth and head on stuff and the powers that I really liked. So took me about 10 hours to play this game, um, which I think was very appropriate. I, I was a little tired of it by the end. The last like hour and a half or two hours especially got very uh, repetitive. The last mission is cool, but everything leading up to it for the last bit kind of got boring. Um, I don't regret playing it one bit, though. I would say this game is honestly a game of the year contender. That's saying less about the quality of this game and more about the quality of this year, because this year has been very (laughs) underwhelming (laughs) game-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm glad I played it. I do recommend it. If you have a PlayStation 5, it's a great exclusive to play. There's really not many of those. Um, if you have a PC, it's also a great option. If you want to wait a little bit, price will drop. And honestly, they'll probably iron out some of those issues I talked about. Because I am definitely not the only one experiencing those audio syncing issues. And, you know, nothing's wrong with paying less for a game. Right. So... That was my my re- my review of Death Loop. So rewind your podcast about fifteen minutes and listen to it again, because that's <laughs> and then you'll get a real idea of what it's like to play Death Loop. Yes, loop it. Loop it, or just loop the podcast. Actually, loop. yeah, do that. Loop, loop the podcast. Loop in. 
Lupin? Yeah, like the character. I can't think of a better way to end it than than Lupin. (laughs) Well, I'm glad that you had a fun time with the game. I am a little disappointed to hear that the story is not really that great, but I also am one of the people that is waiting until it goes down in price to play it because I don't really feel like paying full price for the game. Yeah, I mean, it. the characters do carry it pretty well, and the voice acting is remarkably good, especially mm-hmm. for the main cast, for the main two characters. But, like, if you're playing this game for story, uh, well, don't, I would say. <laughs> Play it for the remarkably good gameplay and, like, the really good world building. I loved right. the island. I really liked Black Reef by the time I finished my playthrough. But it, in another year... This game might have been a lot more in the background. I probably wouldn't have played it. I still almost didn't play it because I was so spiteful about the game's existence because of how many trailers we saw for this thing. And the trailers were mostly pretty bad. So I just was like almost refusing to get it. But then with the fanfare that came along with the game's release, I was like, all right, all right. I'll try your game, Arcane. (laughs) All right. I'll play it. We'll see what I think. And I liked it. How do you like that, Arcane? I liked your stupid game. (laughs) Keep making them, please. Please. Well, I won't be able to play them because I'll probably get an Xbox Series X. Never mind. (laughs) At some point down the line. Yeah. And if if you don't have a PS5 or PC... And you're an Xbox gamer. This will be on Xbox Series X next year. So, nice. And Game Pass, I assume. So you won't even have to pay for it when it finally comes to the console. Very nice. So, that's another episode, Kelly. We did it. We did it. I feel like we're looping at this point. We've done this so much. I know. How many loops has it been? 19. Nine- <laughs> this is our 19th <laughs> loop. Yes. And we keep getting better every loop. That's true. That means the next episode will be episode 20. Excuse me. That was like an excited woo-woo, and then it turned into a yawn. Yeah, I could see because your mouth was open really wide for the first woo, and then got even wider for the second, and then it just stayed open for a yawn. (laughs) It was, I was past the point of no return. I had to yawn. (laughs) had to let it happen hey that's fine with me i thought it i thought it really contributed to your character arc thank you i feel like i've gone through a lot of character development yeah no you were very well written thank you um i'll be in the desert again next week (laughs) so i actually um am going to miss you know i'm gonna miss not being in the desert back i go (laughs) Back I go to make my migration. Well, I hope you don't get lost there. Thanks. Tell Jeff Keighley I said hi since he'll be in Vegas. We established, right? Yeah, right? Yeah. For the Game Awards in December, he'll be in Vegas in October. Yeah. Well, give him another call and and then he might pick up and then you'll, and then, you know, you'll be able to actually talk to him. Hopefully he'll pick up this time though. Yeah. We can go hang out and go. Sorry, my cat's being cute. We can go hang out, and then I'll bring my cat, and we'll we'll go uh, drink daiquiris and eat good your, food at Gordon Ramsay's restaurant in Las Vegas. Is your cat's name Jeff Keedy? Oh my god, that was so good. <laughs> uh, no, that's oh. not her name. Sorry. I'm gonna rename my cat that. I think that's a good idea, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, that's here. a great name. Hang on. Ben. Hey, your name's Jeff Kitty now. <laughs> he screamed at me, so I think that means yes. Yep. Yeah. He's in agreement. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> we'll see you soon, everybody. See you soon. Bye.